Hello and welcome back to Over the Line Football Podcast episode 4. In today we're going to be talking about Manchester City actually losing a game, getting a Liverpool fans insight into their troubles at the moment and talking is Gareth Bale really back? First of all I want to give a big shout out to Football Shirts 101 on Twitter and on Depot is where I bought this uh, wonderful St. Pauli shirt from. I was looking for a St. Pauli shirt for ages obviously they are an interesting team in Germany I'll say that. Interesting. Uh, reasonable prices as well as fast delivery so please go check them out. First of all, we're going to be discussing the Manchester derby. Yes. Yeah, we have to, don't we? No, I'm joking. But it was the kind of the big game of the weekend, um, and it probably didn't go as as expected with, with United winning it by two goals to nil. Um, Man City finally lost the Premier League game. What's that about? I was more. Sh- I was just shocked in general, really. I think I didn't see it happen. I said to my dad, let's start the game. It's easy 5 0 for Man City, this and. 5 <laughs> 0? Wow, okay. Well, considering the troubles Man United had against the big six teams and in general and Bruno Fernandes and mm. Bruno Fernandes scores a penalty in two minutes, that basically wipes that away, doesn't it? So Yeah. Um from the look of the game, the the Man United had the better chances, but Man City looked like they score every time and just didn't shoot on target, so it goes a while away over and stuff like that. My United had more shots than target when Man City had more shots, so but we'll talk about the game more anyway other than that, so I mean, three points my United. The top four is looking a lot better now. Definitely a lot better um, now. After three nil nils in a row, yeah. that was important for them to to, to get them. Not a bad team to be, win either, is it? Against that kind of caliber. So I think on the run of play, do you think it was a deserved win? Yeah, they, well, yeah, of course it was deserved. But they they kind of caught City on a an off day, and a lot of the players who've been so essential to how City have played so far this season. You think Joao Cancelo. Ilkay Gundogan, Kevin De Bruyne was one of the worst performances oh, I've ever yeah, seen him put in for City. It was inc- it was incredibly bad. Um, a lot of them were just gone awful, and it it's shown that after we conceded that first goal, Cancelo was still trying to dribble the ball out of his own box and nearly conceded to second. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think United caught a lot of the City players on a bad day, but can take nothing away from United. I think if Solskjaer would have been given a script and been told to write down how would you want the game to go tomorrow. That is how he would have he would have done it an early goal. The thing with Solskjaer is every single time he looks like he's being troubled, he gets a win again. Doesn't he? Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. crazy how he's managed to pull this out of the bag every time. Like I said to you before the game, I said 100. percent I didn't see Man United winning. Neither the bookies. My, the bookies. I mean, Sky Bet had Man United six to one. Mm. So it's unbelievable odds. In theory, I mean, Man City were good odds of four to nine as well. Because all the other teams only play like one to ten. Yeah, so it's both. Good game to bet on, really. To be first fair, first for second, won it. Mm-hmm. So, but honestly, on the on the on the run of play, having getting that early goal was just so perfect for United because for one they had a lead um, to protect, mm-hmm. and for two they could just play the what the to their strengths, which is is counter attacking. The brilliant at counter attacking, although on the second goal, Manchester City kind of laid the the so called blue carpet out for Shaw to run kind of them for the pitch. Um, but apart from that, United had a few other chances as well. It's not like they had two chances to score two goals. They had a few chances as well. A couple of saves, medicine, a couple of kind of last ditch tackles. But mm-hmm. you can kind of take nothing away from 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 United because considering the form they were in coming into the game, especially the nil nil versus Palace, that was dull. Um, there was a real risk that if City got all three points, that teams below them could really start to catch them. Mm-hmm. Um, United have got a decent cushion. Um, and that felt like a kind of a big game to to win to keep that cushion. And now, obviously, they, they have well, a lot more. Every single teams. team in the top four won, didn't they? So Leicester won, and so did Chelsea. So Chelsea, yeah, it's pretty much the same gap as it was before, which is better than 
Yeah, and, well. and then obviously West Ham won a couple of days later. Mm-hmm. So the, there is teams around them winning. Um, so they would have been un, under a lot of pressure if, they, if they'd have lost that game. But winning it gives them so many advantages, um, a, a confidence boost more than anything um, to go into the next couple of games. I know they've got West Ham this weekend, so West Ham is a, it will be a big one oh, for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's more of a kind of a top four battle. Just, just to kind of get it out of the way... Um, Eleven points now. The gap between first and second. You've won the league. You've won the league. Isn't it? Isn't it? I've not won it. You don't want me to say it. I've not won it. I've not. I've not contributed anyway. If I contribute, I said this to my mum yesterday. If, if I took part in a Manchester derby, I, I wouldn't last five minutes before being sent off. As, speaking of, obviously, you were talking about uh, Cantona before. He got subbed on after sixty minutes. It's one of his poorest games. Yeah, definitely. And definitely. same with De Bruyne as well. Surprised. No, well, he's not going to sub De Bruyne off, but then. I think the first five passes, he didn't find a single player. Mm, I always so. felt with Cancelo, there's always as brilliant as is, there are always going to be weaknesses against teams like this because if they get the upper hand and start to, to attack a lot more, there's going to be space where he's left, which was which I think was probably equally surprising why Carl Walker didn't play because if Carl Walker could have played on the right and Cancelo would have played on the left, it allowed Cancelo a lot more freedom. Mm-hmm. But he was completely pinned back by Shaw and Rashford on that right side and. He's he's an okay defender. He's not a brilliant defender. So so Rashford kind of had the beating of of him on that side, and when they doubled up with Luke Shaw, um, the the um, the second goal was a bit of a, a freaky goal because it was just a nine times out of ten Cancelo reads the press and just either holds off or wins the ball, but he just read it horribly wrong and the ball just kind of glided past him with Shaw, and then when Shaw was in that position, although I I do think the defenders probably should have done a bit better closing him down. Um, United are so good in them positions in in like four versus threes or five versus threes mm-hmm. them sort of situations especially with a link up play with Rashford and Martial they kind of want to give a kind of shout to Martial who's been under kind of a lot of scrutiny he was fantastic he was giving the man the match at the end didn't he uh, I don't think I know he had a good game but I don't think he got man the match I think Luke Shaw I think Luke Shaw should have match. Match. I feel like they give it to Martial because he's been playing so poor recently mm. they're desperate for a kind of goal scoring number 9 aren't they I know Cavani keeps getting injured I've just actually read just before I started the podcast that he doesn't want to stay after this season kind of wants to go and do the whole South American thing of going back to South America and kind of retiring in his country mm-hmm. so I think he's Uruguayan yeah. mm, so I think he I think it highlights the need for a number 9 for United desperately mm-hmm. um, but Martial uh, stepped up um, uh, in 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 Cavani's absence uh, and was brilliant and obviously won the early penalty. The early penalty baffles me. Like why you need to make a challenge like that? Uh, I understand um, Pep's thing is if you've lost a ball, go and win it back, but not win it back by going through someone in the second minute in the box. It's when he's a forward as well, and he? he's not as if he's a centre half tackle. Mm. He's making a tackle that he doesn't have to do as a, a striker through the back as well. Um, no offence, Rashford wasn't even going to shoot either. There's three people blocking Rashford off from shooting. Mm. three lines of defence and yeah, Jesus has tricked him over so mad- I think both sides are probably in desperate need for a, num- a proper number nine um, could be a future video what transfers might want to see each club might want to make for example maybe see, maybe but, but the, the, I don't know with with, with, with Jesus his, his all round play has always been has been really good and his stats have always been really good but he's never he's not a killer in front of goal like Sergio Aguero is mm-hmm. and if Sergio Aguero isn't going to make a comeback at any point and uh, this is going to be his last season then City are in desperate need I think for a killer 
Erling Haaland type number nine. I say Erling Haaland because that is the type of striker they need. Someone who gets a chance is going to score. Well, I was saying a beauty sport yesterday. Like, obviously, British is open. If he's not going on, want to miss out of Champions League yeah. with that record he's got now, is it 20 goals in mm. 14 games? Everyone crazy. in Europe, everyone in Europe is going to be so after him. In the days, going to be nice. 46 goals in 45 appearances for Brushy. There is also so. release goals in there in the summer. 110. No, million. no, 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 no. Oh. Release release clause is next summer. That's what I'm saying. Was it ne- oh, next summer, yeah. Ah. So it's seventy-five million next summer. So I saw. But, I saw recently. There's one hundred and ten this summer. I've seen. Well, that might be what he's valued at this summer. So. Well, if it is, that's a no-brainer, in it. Like, but oh. um, yeah, the um, the the kind of situation with Highland, everyone is going to want him in European football. If Brushy Dortmund don't get Champions League, I can see these two clubs being in for him, and well, like United going back in for. For, for Jaden Sancho yeah, because Jaden Sancho isn't going to want to wait around with no Champions League football um, Dortmund are having a tough year but you know they're progressing in the Champions League maybe they win it you never know they never know there could be a dark horse um, we, we touched on him just before but the kind of rise of Luke Shaw continues mm-hmm. f- for United um, most surprise package I feel like of the uh, mm. season I mean because in the start of the season they brought Alex Tellers in to replace him and yeah. sort out and I mean, Alex Tellers, I still like it. He's a very, very good left back. I mean, you see now Porto now, he's playing for, uh, obviously, full back when he's for Porto, and now Porto in the quarterfinals of the uh, Champions League. Yeah. So, proves they've done well without him at the end of the day. Um, but I do feel like, I mean, if you have to pick out anyone to start of the season, you wouldn't pick Luke Shaw as a, your starting full back. You say you've gone, you get rid of the list if you're in the main if I reckon. Yeah. Um, and now he's basically made a chance now to possibly start for England in the Euros as well. So, it good to see anyway. But I d- yeah, I think Luke Shaw. I don't know. I don't know how he's how he's done so well. I mean, <laughs> sort of quote when Sellers came in. Sellers came in. He said it'd be nice to have some competition. Which I thought, well, you're an idiot. Sellers is going to start above you. He surprised me. Yeah, he surprised. He surprises so. how much kind of competition improves players. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has massively improved, and I I think you put it perfectly. If you have said at the start of the season he's going to be starting left back for the Euros you would have laughed at him mm-hmm. obviously not confirmed yet the, we've got the 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 World Cup qualifiers coming up so I imagine Shaw will go with a squad for that I, I'd be very be surprised easy. if he doesn't um, and I imagine he'll play so uh, whether Southgate sees him in, in the system he wants to play because I imagine and I hope that the systems he's playing in these sort of games are preparing him for the oh, Euros yeah. in the summer yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah. Um, but the the game in general was probably a more important game for, for Man United you'd say to win um, because of the Champions League more than City I mean City have just been on a 21 winning streak <laughs> so losing one game it, although me personally would have liked it to have been Wolves in midweek <laughs> and not Man United this yeah, weekend um, but I mean Oli's done Pep three times um, out of four in the league now I know Pep did him in his first season it's like he's kind of crooked tonight. Why do you think that is? I literally have no idea in the slightest what it is. I just I don't know why. No, like I said, to every, for some reason every time Ollie's on the verge of being cut, he's makes a Sir Alex type recovery and <laughs> yeah. beats PSG or beats Man City on whatever. He's just crazy how he must he must have something going on the changes or something before the game. Like he must have get like some motivational video up on YouTube and get everyone going everyone pumped up or something because it's getting ridiculous now how he's just I just finding don't want, a way out I feel time. like I've seen that game the other day like f- the three or four times they've played each other it was, actually, it was just it was so obvious that each city I think actually that might be 
the third 2-0 although one of them was 2-1 but United getting two counter-attacking goals and then City trying to push for, for equalisers or getting goals back into game it's, I felt like I'd seen that game over and over again so I, I don't understand how, that, how that's played out but yeah Dolly's got, kind of got the the wool over their eyes mm-hmm. at this moment in time which is probably worrying for Pep but I don't think he's going to be honest Pep out um, but yeah that's enough on that game um, we were going to speak about Liverpool but we thought it was probably best to get someone who, who knows a bit more about it than us because we're um, not Liverpool fans we're not Liverpool that. fans yeah. um, and it, the situation after losing again this weekend to Fulham is baffling so uh, earlier this week I spoke to Kiefer McDonald uh, from Vavil about Liverpool's troubles there it is right so obviously hopefully Harry from the future as I'm recording this has transitioned this in quite nicely um, but instead of us waffling on the podcast we thought we'd, we'd actually get a proper uh, Liverpool journal on to um, to talk about Liverpool uh, Kiefer thank you very much it's been a long time coming have we ever done anything oh, together you. before I don't think we've I ever done anything so, together no. So this is cool. Cool. I'll this take is that introduction. It's a, <laughs> a nice introduction. That I'll uh, I'll take that. But um, considering all the talks we've had in the last couple of years, considering City and Liverpool have been kind of neck and neck, um, when the first couple of bad results came in quite recently, it was just like, all right, okay. But this has kind of turned into a full blown crisis now, hasn't it? Yeah, no, it has. I mean, I think you're right. Um, top at Christmas Day, and then we had the West Brom and the Newcastle games between between the New Year, two two. Disappointing draws, you'd think six points from them, um, especially with West Brom being at Anfield. Um, and then, it, you know, the Southampton away defeat kind of just, that was a bit more concerning. It was a bit like, okay, Southampton were doing all right at the time, so it was maybe a bit easier to take. Um, and then, like you say, just, you know, each week you thought Liverpool would maybe steady the ship and it, and it was a bit of a blip, but as injuries came thicker and faster, it just, Liverpool have just been in free fall ever since, since the start to turn of the year. And obviously, we had the, the, the wins against West Ham and, and Tottenham at the end of January, which maybe looked like we were getting some kind of form back. But it it just seems that, you know, mm. playing at Anfield at the minute, I don't I don't know what it is considering it's been a fortress for three or four yeah. years now. It's crazy. It that. I mean, like... it's 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 obviously quite hard to look past the, the injuries you've had, really. But is, is there anything more to it? Is it just when you get these lads back, you're going to be up there again? Or is there more to it than, than you, you kind of see at the moment? I think I think there's more to it. I think the injuries definitely play a factor. I mean, I, I was speaking on I was on Twitter the other day. You know, obviously after the uh, the Chelsea defeat, I think everyone had their own opinions on on the fifth straight home defeat in 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 a row. Uh, I mean, I think as soon as you lose both centre halves, obviously you lose Van Dijk in October and, and Joe Gomez in November. I think as soon as that happens, although Liverpool are off the league, I think you maybe think have they got enough to go what 25 games without the, the first choice centre halves? And you know, it leaves you with Joel Matip who. You know, he's a fantastic centre-half on his day, but can you rely on him to play 25 league games? Absolutely yeah. not. You know, so that was probably the first warning sign. Um, and then, obviously, at the minute now, you've got people playing everywhere. Obviously, up until recently, you had Henderson and Fabinho, the two best midfielders, you know, for us last season. Um, mm. They formed such a good partnership along, Wijnald- along with Wijnaldum. Um, you know, they're playing centre-half, which then affects how the full-backs play. You've not got cover. Then you've got, you know, new midfield trios every week. You've got Thiago, Wijnaldum, Jones, Milner, you know, everyone being thrown in. Um, and then with a slight drop-off in the front three as well. And we know how vital cop system is. I think it's been well documented since he's been in England that he needs the perfect cog in every position. 
And, you know, yeah. even if it's the goalkeeper, you know, we've seen with carries in the past, or if it's, you know, he wants a new midfielder or a striker, you know, just that 1% or 2% missing is huge because of what he mm. demands from his team in terms of, you know, it's like a pressing machine. And I think that's something that's been highlighted in recent weeks, that the press just hasn't been there. Teams are bypassing the press, skipping by it. And, uh, yeah. yeah, we're just looking, we're just looking absolutely woeful at the minute and, and I can't see it changing anytime soon. Like you say, coming into this season... The, um, go on, what was you going to say? I was just say as soon as one of the new lads come back, uh, well, not the new lads, but one, one, you know, Van Dijk and Gomez come back, I mean, it will obviously help. I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, Van Dijk's a world-class centre-half, but I, I don't think it will... Um, I think Liverpool do need to, to make signings in the summer, uh, freshen things up, because I think as well, you know, obviously City had their kind of off-season last mm-hmm. year, finishing finishing second, but, you know, from the previous years, I think also mental exhaustion plays a huge part, you know, mm-hmm. Pep, and, Pep and Klopp are probably the two most demanded managers in world football, so they've made 95 points, obviously something me and you spoke about, 95 points seems normal now, normal. which in reality, three years ago, it wasn't, it was, you know, 85 points to win the league title. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, between now and the end of the season, you know, it's just going to be, you know, all eyes on the Champions League. I mean, I'd say a rest in the summer, but you've got the European Championships. So I don't see where any rest is yeah. going to come from for, for these players. Because yeah. coming into this campaign, right, you'd, you'd have your three normal centre-halves and then would your fourth be Fabinho or would it have been Nat Phillips or how was how, how that going to work? Well, obviously, Lovren would have been fourth choice last last year, obviously, but he was sold and, and that was mm. kind of, you know, as... as as bad or as you know inconsistent, I think the correct word is to use for Lovren, or as as bad as he as, as he was, he, he's a he's a he's a proven Premier League centre half. You know, Spot I'm not sure what yeah. he's proving. Yeah, but he's he's a decent you know standard Premier League centre half. So I think as soon as Lovren was sold and Liverpool didn't didn't you know replace him in in a sense, that was maybe a bit alarming. But I think Nat Phillips, it came out that he was meant to be joining Swansea um, and he got, I think it was an injury, so he didn't end up joining in the end or the move broke down. So he was obviously not in the picture. Um, you've got young Reese Williams, who, you know, it's well documented, he was playing non-league football last year, so he certainly wasn't in the picture. Um, so I think Liverpool went into the campaign with three centre-halves, you know, in all in their own, maybe Joe Gomez and, and Matip more so being injury-prone. I mean, we've been lucky with Van Dijk since he's been here. He's never really had a, a long injury layoff. He's not had anything really, has he, has he since he's come Van Dyke. It's all hindsight, isn't it? You can you can kind of say this about the summer, but like losing three long-term injuries in one position is is impossible to predict, isn't it? It's just freaky. Yeah, it's I mean, I, I think I saw a stat the other day that muscle injuries are are massively up this season, but in the terms of like mm. they're not muscle injuries that we've been suffering. So, like you said, they are freak. It's not like, you know, oh, we've played too much football in, in too many days. It is literally the fact that like he's done his ACL in, in a clash with a goalkeeper, you know, Joe Gomez has had that horrid challenge in, in England training, whatever happened there. And, and obviously Matip's torn his ligament. So it's not like there've been injuries that you could maybe think, well, you know, if we ease them a bit and, and we rotated, they were literally all unavoidable, uh, all unavoidable. Yeah. Because, mm. you know, so it's, it's been, it's been a strange one. Like you say, when it rains, it pours, doesn't it? And it, and it certainly has a season for Liverpool. So, yeah. I think I think you're right with the burnout thing though, because I saw a graph yesterday about like expected goals, uh, not not expected goals, like average goals like per month. And at the start of the season, it was like three point six per game, and now it's gone down to like what one point three. I think I read it was the other day. So I think the element of burnout is a is a real kind of, especially for a team like Liverpool, like the, the high intensity. And I, I don't know about you, but like watching Liverpool 
there's not such a demanding press as there was in other years. They're very, nah. a lot of them are very passive in in the game at the moment. I think as well. I, I saw that stat you saw the that you saw the other day that you're on about. Um, I think obviously Shearer at the time of recording this morning, he's uh, he's called for the international break in March to be scrapped, hasn't he? And called for mm. because he said it ultimately impact the Euros because these players, you know, when was last time they were gonna, okay they got the long break last you know spring whenever it was due to the COVID nineteen pandemic, but it was hardly a a summer break that they used to where they can jet off on holiday. It was, you know, um, but the Liverpool one, it's a strange one. Like you say, the press just isn't there. And I think the the thing, the intensity, because it's been the same group of players now for, for three years, you know, when we won the Champions League, even the Kiev season, we only strengthened in Fabinho, Keita came, uh, Alisson. Um, and then that's the year after we, we won the European Cup and had the 97 point season. Um, we didn't, I think we signed Van der Berg and, and someone, I can't remember who we signed, Adrian, Sanderberg and Adrian, so it's like yeah. we're not making first team improvements really, they're all like squad players at best, and then obviously last summer you bring in Jota, um, so you know, and Thiago, but Thiago's hardly played this season really, do you yeah. know what I mean, he's played like seven or eight games now, he's injured for a large part, so it's, it's literally been the same core group of players, and you know, no matter how good they are, you know, fatigue is going to kick in, and like you say, especially the last six games at Anfield, the press has been non-existent. You know, teams are, we used to suffocate teams. And that's why Anfield was a fortress. And I don't know if part of that is, you know, the fans, you know, the fear factor. But I mean, you've got teams like Burnley who've not won at Anfield in like 58, 60 years, I think it was. You've got City who haven't won there in 20 years. It's no coincidence that all these teams are winning at Anfield now for the first time because we're just we're just giving points away at this point. Um, mm. And like you say, like teams are just bypassing the press, you know, and I don't know if that's because it's different midfield combinations or, you know, lack of intensity. But I think um, Harrison Reid said it yesterday. They just want Fulham just wanted it more, and I think that sums up Liverpool at the moment. There, there doesn't seem to be that desire or that hunger, and I don't think that's you know through players you know down tooling. But I think it is literally just they are burnt out and they've got nothing more to give. Yeah, since like Allison and the, the signings of Allison, like Fabinho, you've not really had like a big marquee signing, really, have you? Since then, so I mean, obviously the Thiago one last Thiago yeah, last well, Thiago, but, yeah, and and maybe Jota to an extent, but. N- you know, they haven't, like even Thiago, I don't think he's been given a, a fair crack at the whip. You know, he's, he's been playing, he's playing with different midfield partners every every week. You know, he's he was brought in to play with Henderson and Fabinho, you know, and maybe one odd one, the odd, the odd chance. Um, but, you know, he's, play, he's playing with James Milner, you know, he's, he's, he's playing with Curtis Jones, who's a fantastic player, but like, this isn't the midfield that he was promised. Yeah. Um, so I think it's so hard to judge him because he's playing a different role, he's doing different jobs. He hasn't, he hasn't, it's not with anything. If you don't let something settle, how is it going to, you know, do well and excel? So, will you say there's this kind of a big summer ahead then for Liverpool? Oh, a massive summer. Um, I think you know, on and off the pitch, because if Klopp, Klopp obviously needs to go to the board and say, you know, I, I need to do this, the board obviously believes he's he's the right man to do so, which obviously he is. But if he isn't given the backing, what's the point in him being here? Because yeah. you know, he cried off. He cried all through January for a centre-half and it took a Joel Matip injury on the 30th of January for us to go and get a mid-table championship centre-half and a bottom-of-the-table Bundesliga centre-half. He lost like 19 league games in a row. Like, you know, I'm not saying they're bad players, but, you know, this is Liverpool. You know, we're we're the reigning league champions. You know, we need players who are going to come in and obviously no one's going to come in and do the role of Van Dijk. But, you know, you can have someone who's adequate enough to, you know, 
step in as like a sensible maybe third choice for next season or you know actually do a job he's got Premier League experience I mean Ben Davies you know he, he hasn't played as of yet he hasn't had a kit and I think Klopp came out the other day and said that he's you know he needs time well if he needs time why was he brought in in January as this kind of emergency centre off do you know what I mean yeah. I do feel sorry for him because uh, Klopp that is because like you know he's he's worked so well on a shoestring budget you know, obviously, yeah, he's a big signings, but they've come through like, you know, he sacrificed Coutinho, he got Van Dijk, do you know what I mean? It's kind of been, yeah. he's had to, to give to receive. Um, and now, obviously, I can't see Liverpool selling anyone massive in the summer. I mean, obviously, Adam will go, but they're not going to get a fee for him. Chamberlain, maybe, I think, will go. I mean, potentially Naby Keita, but I would be very surprised. Mm. Um, but you're not exactly going to recoup, you know, millions and millions for them all, are you? Maybe looking at 50 no. million between the two of them. Um, so I think he needs backing, um, and if he doesn't get that, I, I do worry because if there was, I think Klopp's ability to manage has kind of hid FSG's failings. You know, they yeah. haven't backed him, so well, I think they've been lucky because. I was just going to say, uh, just on your point of like the fresh squad, I think I think that's massively important if you want to challenge in it because it's like if Klopp's built this brilliant team, especially up front, you know, Mane, Firmino, and Salah in particular, and until the start of the season with Jota, they've had no competition properly. So it was okay for the first couple of seasons when they were massively on fire and they were the new, fresh team, exciting team. But when they've got to the seasons where a bit of mental fatigue kind of kicks in, you need the lads on your tails who are threatening to take your spot. And at the start of the season, Jota was that lad who was threatening to take any of the front three spots. And then you could see at that point when Jota was in the side, you were flying up the table and you were, as you say, you were top at Christmas. And, it's, and I'm not just saying just because Jota's got injured, he's a fell off, because there's obviously a lot of reasons for that. But as soon as Jota's got injured, the front three have got no competition again. Like you've got Shakiri, Origi, but they're, they're not quality of Salah, Mane and Firmino, are they? So they've had no competition. So their places are safe in the team. So you've seen kind of a drop in performance, maybe not from Salah as much, but it's particularly Mane and Firmino. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with that. I mean, you, you talk about obviously like having like a Rigi is maybe fourth choice, but I mean if you're Salah, Mane or Firmino, you know that no matter you know what he what he does, you know he's not going to start ahead of you the following week, yeah. and that is a massive part of it I think as well, um, because you look at the likes of City, you've got you know you've got Aguero, obviously okay he's not what he was, but you've got Jesus, you've got Sterling, you've got Torres, you know you've got all these you know last a couple of seasons ago you had Sarni as well, you know you've got Bernardo Silva thrown into that mix, you've got all these you know world class players who are edging to play football games and if one doesn't perform they're going to be out you know bench for the following week and I think that's you know been Liverpool's one of the biggest problems because we we, we just don't have the depth of City um, yeah. you know who, who can rotate and, and that plays into the fatigue element because you're relying on that core group like I would love to see the percentage of, of minutes that you know the likes of the two centre centre halves Wijnaldum, Henderson, Seller and Marnie have played over the last three or four years because I guarantee it's probably in the 85 pluses because I saw some stat the other day about is it is it only is it only Genie Wijnaldum, Curtis Jones, and is it Andy Robertson that's not missed like injury, a, yeah. a game for injury? That is crazy, man. That is crazy. Yeah. Um, talk about Jurgen Klopp. You've 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 just kind of mentioned him. What do you kind of make about the situation surrounding him? Is there a risk he could go? Is there, or is he just gonna kind of take this on as like a new challenge to rebuild the team? I mean, I, I know a lot of people are drawing comparisons to his his Dortmund days, and you know how. You know they peaked. Obviously, you know he implemented this. He turned Dortmund into this like European machine in a sense. You know they got to Champions League 
final. They won back-to-back league titles. They won domestic cups. Um, obviously, there was a drop-off there in his final season, which would have been 14-15. Uh, they were obviously flirting with relegation for a while. <laughs> um, and then, obviously, I think he brought them back up to the Europa League places. But I know we, at the time when Klopp left, I, I think he felt that he'd taken that Dortmund team to as far as he could. Do you know what I mean? Like, the, the project was done. You know, he wasn't going to be able to take them back up to, to the heights that they'd reached in previous years. So I do worry in a sense that if he doesn't get the back in, you know, it's kind of, I think that Klopp, we need Klopp more than Klopp needs us because he is arguably one first or second best manager in the world. So it's like he can put his CV on any desk and you'd get a job. You know what I mean? As I said earlier, yeah. I think Klopp's, Klopp's managerial, what he's done at Liverpool, it hides kind of the failings of F- FSG and, you know, them as a, as owners, so I think if you got someone else who wasn't this tactician of a manager, this mastermind of a manager, I think it would be, you know, I think the owners would be highlighted a lot more. But I think it's gone on because we have won, you know, the Premier League. We've got two, two, two European Cup finals. It's it's swept under the carpet, so to say. Mm-hmm. I, I like I say, I fear if he's not backed, he, he could potentially work. I mean, his contract's up in 2024. That's what three seasons, isn't it? Um, yeah. I can't see him going this summer, but I mean. If he doesn't get back, then he, we have another season next season, like this season, you know, missing out on top four or whatever. I can't see I, it. I, 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 Honestly, I can't see it. I we, we we said in our video previously that we just did on Liverpool, this was before Fulham as well. So this is before it kind of got even worse. That I think it's very easy to just jump on the immediate, like, oh, Liverpool is shit, you know, the, the Klopp needs to be blamed, um, he's followed, et cetera, et cetera. But if... Virgil van Dijk, Gomez were to come back next season for a full season, Jota, these sort of players, Fabinho back in midfield, Henson back in midfield, and you have another similar season like this, that's when proper serious questions yeah. need to be asked. Oh, yeah, but yeah. Again, again, I, I completely take your point. It's like Klopp has took the side that you've, you've said has had to kind of like balance his kind of budget and he's got to a European final, he's won another European Cup, and he's won a Premier League. Like, he's he's done wonders with this squad. Um, and I understand, like, I understand the argument that they have spent money, but like you say, they've had to balance it out with with sales too. Yeah. And he's, he's took this team to heights that, like, a lot of people didn't think they would. I just do not see yeah. another man in world football that is more suited enough to turn this around for Liverpool. Maybe, yeah. But, he needs the backing of the board at the end of the day, don't he? Well, that's what I mean. And fundamentally, you know, I don't, I don't think he's asking to go out and spend eighty million on a centre half. But I think, no, no. you know, you know, there is a bit of balance there. You know, he does need an adequate centre half. You know, because, because like, you know, whoever we sign in the summer isn't probably going to play next season unless we have freakish injuries again. I mean, yeah. I'd imagine that Massey probably, probably leaves. So you're probably looking for a third and fourth choice. Um, you know, whether Fabinho's fourth choice, and you get, it means you're just bringing another body. Um, but it's like you said, there's no one more suited and there's no one, I don't think there's anyone else who could have could have done this project that cops done over the past what five or six years because it has just been absolutely mental. And I think, like you say, there's always going to be a drop-off. And I think, like I said to you earlier, as soon as you lose the center off, I think, you know, regardless of where we were at the time, I think a part of you thinks you know it's gonna be incredibly hard to retain the league with what three quarters of a season left. Um, but I mean, I think there's a part of, there's a bit of middle ground to it because you can have as many injuries as you want in the world, but I don't think for any team in the league, I think I don't think six straight home defeats are acceptable. No. You know, I, I just don't. You know what I mean? So there is a bit of you got to you got to like what's the word? Balance it. Mm, and I agree. And just kind of to wrap this up, um, 
with every passing game, Champions League qualifications looking more and more unlikely. But is it is? I mean, I'd I say I've put it down here. Is it a must? But I mean, it looks like more than likely the only way you're going to qualify at this moment in time with the form you're on is through the Champions League, and you've done it in the past. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's a must. I, massively, I just think because you know, if you can turn this crisis season, what it's been labelled at the minute, and you get top four, I don't think, or not top four, but if you get Champions League football out of it, I don't think that's a horrendous season. Massive, you know, yeah, it's massive though. You know, if if, if you finish seventh and and uh, and you get top four, or you get Champions League one way or another, I think it's, it's I think it's an all right season. You know, it, you're not missing out on any top players because you've got the attraction of Champions League football, but I just think it puts us back a year or two if you miss out because, you know, it's okay. I think Klopp said the other day that, you know, he does, anyone who he's going to sign wouldn't be dependent on Champions League football, as in, if they're only here for Champions League football, I don't want them. And if they want to leave because, if they want to leave because they're not in Champions League, I don't want them. So it's one of them, but I mean, you know, if if you are looking at an Mbappe or a Haaland or, you know, someone of that calibre, you can't tell me they're going to be wanting to play Europa League football on, you know, the every conference, conference football. <laughs> yeah, or whatever it is, you know, whatever they introduce next year. It's it, For me, it's a must because I just think in terms of, you know, I don't think we will lose our momentum massively, but I think if you have to gruel then with the likes of Europa League or the Europa Conference League, if you have to yeah. balance that with trying to get top four, I just think it's an impossible task. You know, it, it took, I think, like one in six years we played Champions League football, you know, under the likes of, you know, Rogers uh, from like 2010 to 2016 we got in there we qualified once it's so hard to get out when you're constantly playing Thursday Sunday Thursday Sunday um so I, I just think massive I think Liverpool needs to get it one way or another um and obviously it does look more and more likely that it will be through the Champions League which I think will be incredibly <laughs> tough ask incredibly tough well um I will wrap this up um thank you for joining me this has been good uh, it's nice to hear a perspective that's not someone that's completely biased against um Asia <laughs> club thank you again um for Kiefer for, uh, for for doing that for us we'll, we'll leave all these links below um to so go and check him out on Twitter he does some brilliant stuff um but yeah the situation at Liverpool is is kind of baffling at the moment in time what would you put it down to uh, I mean, if I had to pick it down for something, you know, I mean, you know, something's wrong. I mean, if Liverpool can't find a situation, why it's going wrong, then I'm not going to randomly pick one out, am I? I mean, the head's always sound like a, a, a muppet, then. You know what I mean? Yeah. As in, <laughs> if Liverpool realistically can't win a game at Anfield and they haven't lost a game in three years, mm. then surely Thiago's the problem. <laughs> Some so, Tiago propaganda. Um, no, I mean, end of the day, I feel like every time the, I mean, the Fulham game, Fulham looked a better side, and Fulham looked like they deserve mm. to win as well, which is still crazy. But you look me. at that starting lineup for Liverpool. Well, as you said, it started like before it started. I mean, there's seven changes. I thought, why? Yeah, it was crazy. It was it was the underestimating Salah in the front three. Who else was in the front three? It was, it was virtually no. It was Salah, playing, Jota, yeah. who just come back from injury, and. Shakiri, then there was Minami, uh, not Minamino, Kato. Yeah, Kato was a ten. That's yeah, from. baffling. Um, but um, and then the the back line was what Nat Phillips and Reese Williams. Reese Williams, crazy, absolutely crazy. That is not a Liverpool back line. That's not a top four back line. Like a lot of title winning back line. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, we said it on our last video. So if you want to go and kind of have a kind of an in-depth look at what we thought was going wrong for Liverpool, that was before the following game. Yeah, that was before the following game. So go and check that out. Where we we kind of just said that in summary, um, 
we have to wait until next season when everyone's back who have been injured, the likes of Van Dyke, to see if they have a similar season. Are they like playing tonight as well? They've got Rebel. So, so whenever be, this goes out. It could yeah. be Liverpool out the Champions League as well. So. But they've got a 2 0 lead on Rebel Leipzig. And I think, speaking of Kiefer, he said that that's obviously at the moment the more likely way Liverpool get into the Champions League yeah. at this moment in time. Could be a Dortmund Liverpool Champions League, whoever wins gets Champions League. Final, can it? Yeah, could be. So, could be interesting be. to see, isn't it? So. Um, moving on to, to someone who's definitely not in bad form at the moment. And I feel like we we're a bit of a jinx because we made a video on, on Jose Mourinho and Tottenham Hotspur about how bad they were we did. and especially Gareth Bale and in the last couple of weeks wow he has just exploded back onto the scene hasn't he yeah I mean I don't know how that's really happened I brought Son into my fancy team and then Gareth Bale's turned into a prime Bale again so we always, knew, we always knew we had it though it's not as if it's like a random player is it like a Harry Winks or something turning into like Cruyff is it it's Gareth Bale I mean, yeah, you, we did you, say in fairness towards that he wasn't given much chance by Mourinho at the start was he no I mean you get, you get like half an hour in the last second half while they're playing Europa League and does well in Europa League and then doesn't really play that much but like I said in the, the day it's Gareth Bale it's, you kind of not really expect it but you you would, you would see that coming from him so um they're just the Spurs are so inconsistent. It's weird. I mean, they'll win like three in a row, and then won't, won't win for five games. Then and then be like everyone like, why is Marina's done the job? And then you're like, okay, he's they beat that team four 0 Have they done that? They really done fair play. It just doesn't make any sense. The Premier League doesn't make sense at the moment. It's not. No one knows what's going. on I don't know what's going on. Chelsea now turned to Barcelona as well. They've just, not beaten brilliant teams, but they've beaten the teams that we said in the past have have, have slipped them up. Kind of like the Crystal Palaces that. The Brighton, I mean the the ones that they've kind of split, uh, slipped up in in the past, the winning. Um, yeah. Could they make a late run for the Champions League? No. No. <laughs> I think there's better teams above. I mean, like I said, Chelsea. Down. Chelsea haven't lost on a two shot yet in the league. I don't no. think so. That's one thing to go off. Anyway. Um, I mean, Man United are now clear. Leicester managed to win the game again, which is fair play. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot really catching, and West Ham as well doing really well still somehow. Yeah, they've, um, they they kind of went on such a bad run that they're, they're not going to be back there. But kind of bailed Kane and Son forming a quite quite a nice partnership. It'd be, aren't good, it'd be good to see anyway. Someone else rather than Kane and Son yeah. scoring. It's, it's, it's like the Kane well, he's only seen, so. he's only on loan until the end of this campaign, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Can you see him? I don't. Well, them not, taking on these kind of weight. I, I don't see or? him playing for Real Madrid again. I'll say that. Well, yeah. So he's going to leave Real Madrid. It's just to which club and. The most likely suit I think at the moment is going to be Gareth, um, Gareth Bale, I suppose, for Gareth Bale. But yeah, I think um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see you go for now. And that's mainly because of the fact that um, when hopefully fans will be back at Spurs or in football in general, they'll be able to play, and that'll be hopefully bring some motivation towards the players as well. Because obviously they're such a big name. Um, like we said in the uh, Spurs video, like when he came to the club, you know, all the fans outside. Like a Spurs training ground because that's how, that's how big of mm. a player Gareth Bale is and as I said it's not surprising that Gareth Bale is suddenly now performing because he's, he's Gareth, he's Gareth Bale for Christ's sake isn't he so that's why it was really surprising to see how not, well it kind of was how bad he performed he wasn't getting much chances really at all and the same well speaking about Deli Ali as well he's not really doing very well either is he well, well he made them that well like if you want to check our Spurs video out you can do but like one of two main players we said who in the problem for the Spurs this year have been Deli Ali and Gareth Bale and one of them now start performing it could be Dele performing soon as well he's starting so, to get back into the team isn't he, he is. so maybe Jose Mourinho's listened to our video yeah. and gone right but your idea is it right yeah, yeah. Um. Uh, Spurs have got a kind of 
completely rely on the Europa League now, haven't they? To get well, if we're looking at the way we talked about, then I think we do. Yeah, um, they, they don't really like, like losing in the Europa League anyway. You've got so. you've got them and Arsenal, who are kind of the the main the main. Obviously, United are in it, but United are going to most likely get Champions League. So you got tough games as well, mate. United, AC Milan aren't easy mm. either, so it could be an interesting. So one, Tottenham right? and Arsenal. Am I missing anyone out? Leicester lost. To, uh, Leicester lost to Samuel Pryor, didn't mm-hmm. they? So it's Tottenham and Arsenal who are kind of prioritising that competition at the moment if they want any sort of chance of Champions yeah, League football. We've got a lot of Arsenal as well. I've not even really talked about Arsenal in any videos because not even. They're just not relevant at the moment in time, <laughs> are they? They, 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 enjoy, they enjoy a good period and then they drew with Burnley again at the weekend, didn't they? So it's just. They, they have a few decent results and then they just have one that completely throws away any sort of hard work they've done yeah, yeah. Uh, at the moment in time. But I, I don't know kind of what the situation is there at the moment. In terms of a Mourinho at Tottenham, though, how will it just be the Europa League's kind of success that he's judged on this season? In terms of well, if he can get him, it looks like it to me. I mean, it all depends if he finishes in the season. He could finish fifth or sixth for this rate, but at the end of the day, he's going to get European football one out of what? Yeah, which Liverpool might not get at this rate, which is quite funny to me. Um, <laughs> Liverpool, I, which I said in a previous video, as a joke, Liverpool might be, even finish eighth this season. We just laughed, and at the moment they're eighth, so it could be interesting to see. If that's the case at the end of the season because I, I we keep saying don't we oh Liverpool go on a run but then they play they've played in the last couple of weeks some very very teams easy teams that you think you should bottom, beat bottom half so Burnley Brighton and Fulham and Fulham you and Fulham played off the park all at home yeah. and they only lost to Sheffield United because of two howlers beat, beat, beat Sheffield yeah. United to two and Leipzig to be fair give or give them two goals in the Champions League so it's gonna be it's gonna be kind of an interesting top four race as it, it comes closer yeah, and closer. Be. We've got ten games left now, haven't we? Thirty yeah. points to play for. There we go. So it's gonna be kind of an interesting race to finish. But you don't think Tottenham anywhere near? I won't say anywhere near, but I don't say they get top four. I think that's too far away from now. Fair enough. Fair enough. Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up there. Um, yeah. Thank yeah. you very much for watching. Um, make sure you go and check out all the previous stuff we've done. Um, Check out all the socials as usual. Uh, a big thank you to um, Football Shirts One Hundred and One, yeah, and Kiefer, and Kiefer yeah, yeah. For, for helping us with this podcast. Um, yeah, enjoy the football this week, and we'll see you next time. See you later.